0: Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Montel Pod Extra, bringing you the latest energy market developments in these very challenging COVID-19 times. Joining me, Richard Sarason, today is Diana Basila from Switzerland's Alpic. A warm welcome to you, Diana.
1: Thank you very much, uh, Richard, and uh, hi to you as well.
0: <laughs> How are you coping in these times?
1: Still working from home. Uh, have been doing that for two months, uh, and uh, probably still uh, gonna have to stay at home for at least two to three weeks. Really? Okay. And then we'll see again.
0: You're not getting cabin fever, though, Diana.
1: No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting used to this um, uh, home office thing. So, um, I uh, but I also look forward to to get back on the trading floor. So. That's for sure an interesting part that I miss.
0: For absolutely, now. absolutely, and I hope it sort of gets back to normal as as quickly as possible. But uh, well, normal and normal, uh, I think um, it might be a long time since we returned to pre-COVID nineteen times. But but anyway, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the coal market. You're a coal market expert, Diana. So it's a time of 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 course very low prices, very weak markets across the energy uh, spectrum. But let's talk about. API2 coal prices, European coal prices, how low can they go?
1: Actually, if you look at uh, what has happened in the past month, you would be surprised to see that coal has pretty much uh, sustained uh, the level that uh, we see today, let's say above, a little above this $40 per ton. And the reason for that, of course, um, is uh, related to to many factors. And uh, the most important ones, I would say, are three. And the first one would be, how is the Chinese uh, market doing? How are they managing to balance supply and demand? The second one, basically, how is demand recovering? And as we see, that uh, is not really on a a recovery path so far. But the third one, and I would say the most important one that has actually um, uh, kind of provided some support to the price, has been the response from the producers. So if I look at all the producers worldwide apparently they have quickly reacted and adjusted output and if you look also at their output targets like what do they plan to produce for 2020 basically most of them have already cut their um, their output targets uh, expected to to be let's say released for for this uh, for this year
0: mm. So, I mean, which do you see, which of these factors do you see most likely to provide a, a floor for prices? Um, are they the production cuts or the returning demand or a combination of the two?
1: I would say that uh, the returning demand is a bit of a tricky story. And if we do not have uh, China, uh, let's say, uh, back in the market, That will not really happen. And the reason for why I'm saying this is related to the fact that if we take Asia, for example, I mean, uh, Japan for now has uh, not really increased uh, power demand. And uh, looking forward, they will probably not do that, despite the fact that they have lost a little bit of nuclear power production this year but they could replace it with a little bit more gas. If we take South Korea, for example, South Korea has also been cutting and restricting coal power generation to reduce pollution levels. So therefore, less growth coming out from there. India, on the other hand, sits on super high coal stocks at power plants and even at mines. So therefore, when it comes to import demand from India, less likely to to see a growth. And if we look at Europe, uh, definitely, uh, we are not, let's say, the, uh, the, the basin or the, the part of the world that uh, in the Atlantic Basin, I mean, that would provide any kind of uh, support. So the tricky part remains how producers will, will react. And on top of that, um, the Chinese story is extremely important now because today for example we have uh, seen the latest numbers for the chinese coal production in april and that is surprisingly strong it's uh, showing that 6% growth year on year and power demand in april was 5% down year on year so there is a mismatch between actually this supply and demand balance in China for the moment, which forces the government to take some measures in order to rebalance the market. And how fast they will be able to do that, that will be actually the tricky part that could either support the prices or actually uh, sink them even further.
0: How much do you think that the coronavirus will eventually impact global coal supply this year and next?
1: In terms of the coal supply story, If we take away China, which, as I mentioned just now, seem to have increased year-to-date coal output by 1.2%. So they produce on a yearly basis 3.7 billion tons, and the total production worldwide is around 6 billion, let's say. So if we take China, apparently still growing, or let's say flattish for the, the entire 2020, I would say that the other producers will definitely see some declines. And therefore... If I would have to think of um, of a percentage loss, let's say year on year, I wouldn't be surprised to see this into a range of um, three, five, even maybe seven percent loss in total uh, production. So that's out of this six billion million tons. But when it comes to trade, the numbers will um, definitely look a little bit different, as I mentioned, just because if we take China out of the story, which represents 50% of the total supply, then trade and that as well impacting its import demand, then trade from the others will definitely decline in my view. So we could see trade numbers down, um, I would say uh, five to 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 ten maybe percent year on year. So we could lose we could lose more than 50 million tonnes up to 100 million tonnes of uh, of trade, considering that trade from this total uh, equation is around 1 billion per year, so out of the total production.
0: If we turn to, to Europe and the demand and, and the use of coal, given the very, very low gas prices at the moment, you know, something they've gone under €5 Euros a, a megawatt hour um, on the wholesale hubs, in, in North on the TTF, the Dutch hub. But how, do you think coal is ever likely to compete with gas uh, in Europe again?
1: If you look at the coal consumption uh, numbers in power generation at the moment in Europe, they are actually 55% below the same time last year. So we have lost more than half of that. I wouldn't um, uh, necessarily attach all of this to COVID. Of course, let's say f- uh, some percentage of this is that is related to that, but most of it is actually driven by the increase in renewables and gas power generation. And if I look forward to the to the rest of this year, I would not expect that these levels would improve. So there will still be some, uh, let's say, um, coal power plants that have to run because of their uh, position or location, let's say, in the in the grid or in the system in different countries. And here I especially think about Germany. But the rest of the, uh, the players in Europe would most likely be uh, focusing on increasing probably their gas power generation. France. As we know with the EDF announcements, could also see some uh, pickup in coal demand in q four q one during the winter time but i wouldn 't uh, expect that to be strong enough let 's say to provide any price uh, incentive
0: mm-hmm. but um, do you think then that the, the covid nineteen could spell an, an early early demise for coal in Europe than, than otherwise expected? you know it could could speed up the coal exit. Or it's conversely the true that given that the prices are so low that people will burn more, more of the stuff. What, what's your view here?
1: I uh, wouldn't expect that we would uh, burn more. I think that uh, looking at uh, where gas sits, uh, everyone should be actually aiming to, to run their gas plants more. Um, but what I see happening due to the COVID situation is actually the countries in Asia, Southeast Asia as well, they are absorbing all the volumes that the majors are not taking due to this uh, situation. So basically, while, let's say in Europe, uh, coal is not really a, a growth story, this could actually um, make some Asian economies increase their imports just because they take the whatever volumes are, are available at these low prices. And they could actually slow down even the, the investments or the growth in other, from other uh, power generation sources in the power mix. So that's one thing that could
0: happen, let's say. So there's a danger that we displace the emissions from Europe uh, to, to parts of Asia where where people will be looking at cheap ways to recover from, from the crisis.
1: Apparently that could be one uh, one risk, especially since uh, I was reading many news saying that uh, the whole situation has basically led to some uh, delays in uh, growth in uh, renewable power installments in, in Asia. So therefore... As a result of that, you actually have to
0: rely on cold. Diana, thank you very much for joining uh, the Montel Extra Pod today. Lots of food for thought here. Thank you again and uh, enjoy the weekend.
1: Thank you very much. And the same to you, Richard.
0: Well, listeners, that's all for today. Remember to tune in every day at 5 o'clock CET on covid19.montelnews.com via the Montel website and on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please remember to tune into the Montel Weekly as well every Friday, where we'll be bringing you all the relevant energy market news and updates. Thank you. Bye.